Willkommen in der letzten Runde Podcast. I feel like I've said that one before. I don't know. When, when, <laughs> when would that have been? Uh, oh yeah, it was about four weeks ago, wasn't it now? Um, oh, well, anyway, at least, it, at least it meant that I was able to pronounce it with a semblance of uh, of possibility of sounding like it really should have been. From wasn't me. bad, wasn't bad, yeah. yeah <laughs> I think so, I think so. That was one of the few ones I, I got to do in person to, uh, uh, to a couple of our friends when I was talking about... Uh, how the podcast was working. It's the only one that I can remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I don't expect you to remember the uh, the Arab ones or the Chinese ones. <laughs> I, think we'll, I think we'll let you off there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, indeed, it is the Final Lab podcast, and we have welcomed you to it. And it is the German Grand Prix this week, hence the German intro, at Hockenheim. Um, yep. Old school track. One we're always well, happy. Old school track with a new school twist. Oh, well, I get, yes, I guess, I guess that's that's probably as it's, it's, it's. I it's much ha- prefer the old one. <laughs> Half an old fair, school track. <laughs> to be fair, I, I always complain about the current Hockenheim, but to be fair, this this weekend's the race was very good, so I can't <laughs> can't complain too much. They got but, you there, got you there. Yeah. How, how particularly you... the new section of the track, which is where all the action was going down into that hairpin off the straight. So. Yeah, the new the new bit was particularly good. So yeah, I'll, I'll save my complaints. We'll let them <laughs> off. Uh, indeed, as uh, Sean has mentioned, it was an excellent race. We've been treated to quite a few this season. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think. And, sorry. sorry. No, sorry. Okay. I was, <laughs> I was just going to say, I think that in itself has has helped soften the fact that realistically, it, you know, it, it's a Merc only battle for the actual title, but because the racing has been so good, pretty much up and down the the field. It kind of doesn't really matter. Everybody's everybody's back to enjoying the race, not just yep. the result. Absolutely. I was just going to say as well, kind of um, your fears about the the Frick suspension causing chaos wasn't like nothing. You wouldn't have known that there wasn't the Frick suspension. I don't think that like the the running order of the field wasn't really changed dramatically. No. Like, Force India weren't suddenly half a half a <laughs> second quicker than everybody. And that was the weirdest thing, actually. If, if anything, Force India were worse. This weekend than they have yeah, been at the previous so, ratings. I don't. Strange, so, strange, but... <laughs> so whether it was them who complained or not, I don't know. But uh, well, there you go. Yes, the, the the story of the Frick suspension was was told in tenths of seconds, not um, uh, you know, not full ones. And I think that's that kind of sort of summed up in terms of how how much it affected the race. Really, a few people moved up and down positions here and there as they, um, you know. Um, uh, as they are wont to do during the season anyway. So, um, yeah, that w- it was good to see that a decision like that actually hadn't fucked up the racing for the rest of the season because that would have been yep. really bad. If you're going to change the technical regulations in the middle of a season, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> so, German Grand Prix. Uh, let's start with qualifying. Um, not quite as eventful uh, as the Grand Prix before it. Probably thankful from a uh, Ferrari point of view. And a Williams. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a Williams. Um, Still pretty eventful, though. It had the, uh, its moments. One uh, particular uh, moment, and, uh, of course. Uh, with, uh, sorry, lost the train of thought there. Yeah, um, one particular moment with uh, Lewis Hamilton, of course, uh, going out in Q1, brake failure. Uh, 
I'll try not to sound too pleased about that. <laughs> yeah, um, and I was watching with my girlfriend, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I jumped off the couch. Like, I was like, yes! <laughs> Something's happened! I thought he just dropped it. Obviously, in the end, he um, it transpired. I think it was a front front brake failure, which is pretty scary stuff. Um, now, I, I get to pat myself on the back, and if I could be bothered, I'd get my wife upstairs to confirm this. But I spotted that it was a front disc brake failure, whilst... David Croft and Martin Brundle were all talking about the puff of smoke from the rear, and I was sat there going to my wife. I was going, the front, the front tire, it's, you know, it's not, re- it's not rotating or, or, or doing anything. It's not, it's not slowing down at all. It's just rolling and rolling and rolling. So surely, surely it's a front brake failure. And then, like literally, <laughs> at the end of the thing, everybody went. I think it was Anthony Davidson popped up on the Skype and said, "Oh, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but the front tire kept on rotating. So I think it's a front brake disc failure." And everybody went, oh, wow, Anthony Davidson, you god, you you eagle-eyed <laughs> spotter of, of things that no man could possibly see. And I was thinking, oh, I spotted that fucking half an hour ago, mate. you got nothing on me. got nothing on me. Give me his job. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so that was the main talking point. And then Nico Rosberg had pretty much a free run at pole. You know, the Williamses looked pretty quick, but I don't think they were ever really going to beat Nico. I think uh, I think Valtteri Bottas's lap flattered a little bit on the overall place, pace of the Williams. I think he just happened to hit up an almost perfect lap to end up within two tenths of Nico. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's probably fair. Because uh, Massa was still half a second down, and I think I think ultimately that's probably the flat out pace difference between the two. Um, with you know these sort of Red Bulls and McLarens and Ferraris all seven tenths and more back, depending on you know what track they're at. Um, but it was a good. It was good to see that there was some suggestion that it could have been close. Nico <laughs> Rosberg's second lap, which wasn't as fast as the one they got on pole, was only um, a few tenths quicker than Valtteri. So if he'd if he'd not got that first lap in, it would have been an, an exceedingly close pole. You see, he'd have still got yeah. it, but it would have been just just that much quicker. Um, other other noticeable um, qualifying performances: Kevin Magnussen managing to slide the uh, McLaren into fourth, just um, just over a tenth down on um, Masses Williams. A, yep. a, an amazing Good. job from the youngster. I thought was just <laughs> definitely can't argue with that at all. Uh, I didn't expect McLaren to be as quick as that. I don't know whether Jensen wasn't as quick. So I don't know whether Magnussen just had an absolutely perfect lap and got the absolute most out of the car. But yeah, fair play, great lap. Uh, it was an, an interesting thing was mentioned that um, at the start of the weekend, McLaren bought a new rear wing, and they only put it on Magnussen's car. Okay, that's interesting. They left the original spec ring on Jensen's, and when they found that Magnussen was going faster than Jensen uh, by the end of um, by the end of Friday practice, they put it on for Saturday. So he only got one practice session to set up the car with a new rear rear wing, and he, I think that. That was pretty much why he was so much sort of slower for the rest of the race, um, you know, compared to his teammate because it just the car just wasn't ever with him throughout the race. And, and people kind of questioned that and they said, "Well, why? Why would you do that? Why would you put only put it on one, one car? Surely you'd put it on both cars, or you'd put it on Jensen's car, given that he's the more experienced guy." But I think the thing is, is that you need to test these things with the with a younger guy with less preconceptions. Do you know what I mean? Who's not going to necessarily make up his mind about it in the first two seconds of driving it? 
because he knows you know he, he's not got a settled idea of what he's driving it's more useful to see him go out see what he can do and then yeah. give it to, to Butner you know maybe they were guilty of not giving it to him sooner but still I, I, I can see the logic in doing it anyway yep definitely um, so we had uh, Magnussen in fourth the two Red Bulls uh, Fernando Alonso uh, dragging the Ferrari to seventh uh, Danny Kvyat impressive again in eighth uh, Nico Hulkenberg squeaked in and squeaked a lap uh, for ninth uh, with Sergio Perez in 10th. Um, Jensen and Kimi then came 11th and 12th in both having disappointing uh, Q2s. Uh, then Vern and the Lotuses and Salvers and all the other bits and pieces. And Lewis Hamilton, in the end, starting from 20th on the grid. Or 21st yeah, he took on a, the grid. took a gearbox penalty on top of the, the failure to qualify. So 20th in the end for Lewis. I think he actually like smashed his gearbox to smithereens and put it in the wall. Uh, yeah, I think that... it's a proper literal damage to it. So <laughs> probably the bloody suspension yeah. struts went straight straight through the middle of it. I would have yeah. thought. So um, that was that five pen- five place for that, coupled with his fifteenth uh, position on the grid. So twentieth for Lewis. Uh, Lots to work to do for him in the race. Indeed, and interesting point. And I'll bring it up now, rather than save it to the end. Um, Mercedes managed to lobby the FIA to change the um, brake disc manufacturer. So he put on, uh, I think it was Carbon Industry brakes, and he usually uses the Brembo brakes, um, mm-hmm. which are the ones he's had a couple of failures with. And a lot of the teams were not all that happy with that um, that decision. Mercedes obviously said they made it on in terms of safety, and it wasn't about giving Lewis an, uh, you know, necessarily an advantage in the race that. Um, he wouldn't have had with the Brembo brakes, and I can I I think actually in this case that's probably probably true. I think so too. Um, if it was anything else, then you could understand the other team's complaint. So it was something like brakes. You know, if brakes fail, like that could be a career ender or whatever. If you go into a wall at two hundred mile an hour, like you can't you can't you have to err on the side of caution with brakes. Indeed, you have to just, have to just let them change them if that's what they think is needed. <laughs> But that, it, it there's does, nothing you can press about. No, but it it does essentially break a rule that that, that didn't exist before in, in terms of that that wasn't something that you know the the FIA have having the rules that you can say ah if you get a brake failure you're allowed to change your brake manufacturer you know under part of firmware conditions it didn't exist they they sort of just kind of went with it and the FIA agreed that it was a sort of, sort of safety concern but as we all know in F1 teams are always looking to get that 10th advantage you know if they think that they can have an, a hard break for qualifying and then ease into something that gives them you know a better race break it's um you know it's the it's there now it's the thing the test case has gone mm-hmm. through so it'll be interesting to see if it happens anymore this season i think i think with lewis as well i mean it's been well documented that it's had they've had trouble with brakes on that car throughout the season so yeah, I can definitely understand why the FIA have made that decision. I think it was the right call. No, I'm, I think I'm with you on this one. I don't, I don't, you know, my tinfoil hat is not on. Um, so, um, so Lewis is obviously going to be looking to make up places from the start. Uh, he'd be wanting to avoid any first lap incidents. Was mm. there any first lap incidents this week? Well, <laughs> second it, scary one in a row, I think. Yeah, we're. Uh, and um wow that was, that i need was to not 
And I also need to think, I think I need to take a few deep breaths and count to 10 before I start talking about this incident. Because it's all I seem to have been talking about with anybody regarding F1 ever since. Um, and, and it's not because of the incident, it's because of Felipe Massa's reaction afterwards. Yeah, the blame game. Oh dear, oh dear. Now, from my point of view, this is how I saw it. And you can let me know your your thoughts on this, Sean, whether you agree or disagree. It'd be interesting yep. to see. They go three abreast pretty much up to the corner. Mm-hmm. Bottas is last of the late breakers and with the middle of the track, pretty much commands wherever he wants to go. Felipe's out far on the left and um, Magnussen is right on the inside. He's got nowhere else to go. He couldn't have gone left because Bottas was there until he braked. So he has to take the tight line into the corner. Felipe Massa goes from the left-hand side of the track all the way across to the right-hand side to take whatever line he's decided to choose. Smashes into Perez. Into, into Perez. So there you go. There's a Freudian slip. <laughs> um, smashes into Magnussen and the two get tangled up and eventually Felipe manages to flip his car over and, and travel upside down for a little bit before finally writing himself. Um, Magnussen amazingly um, manages to carry on just about, although he ends up right at the back of the pack. And how can that be anything other than Massa's fault? I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I don't think it was Massa's fault, but it's one of those things that I would put, I wouldn't have penalised them for it. At the same time, whilst it probably was his fault, just because it's the first lap, it's the start, and I don't really like to see penalties given out on first lap incidents because it's that congested, it's that tight into the first corner, it's a narrow first corner. I mean, Magnussen couldn't go anywhere, but Massa equally could have had it, couldn't maybe not have the best view because of Bottas being on his right hand side and stuff like that. I don't think you can start handing out penalties for, no. for first I, corner tangles like that. And but I, I, at I the same of... time, it was Massa's fault. Probably yeah. like 95. So I think the thing is, is that you're you're right, and and I'm not, and I'm certainly not saying that I think Felipe needed a five second drive through or a five second grid penalty for the next race. Um, it's I the, think the Stewarts got it right. Yeah, yeah. The, and and ironically, you know, they investigated Massa and not Magnussen. Um, it's just Felipe Massa has three or four times now in the in the yeah. press afterwards gone. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's definitely Magnuson's fault, and then when everybody has talked to him and said, "No, really, we kind of think it's your fault," he's gone, "No, it's not," and then he's gone, just now, just recently, and the FIA need to get new stewards if they think that that race that that incident was my fault. <laughs> just I don't I don't know if I kind of admire the brass balls of somebody to sit there whilst everybody goes no really you you drove into him Felipe you, like you couldn't have gone anywhere you just dived across the track and hit him um to I still sit there and go but... no yeah no it was definitely his fault he shouldn't have been existing in the space I wanted to be in how <laughs> dare he how dare he put his car in a place I wanted my car to be um and you know it was <sighs> I'm just getting a bit sick and tired of Felipe. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, and I love Massa, but he, he's coming across a bit like a whiny kid at the moment, like the, the spoiled kid who isn't getting things his way or something. I know what you mean, and yeah, he's not covering himself in glory with that incident, or I don't think he, I don't think he was particularly uh, well, well. Um, 
I don't think he particularly worded some of his comments well uh, earlier in the season either. Possibly Monaco. I can't remember exactly. I've got quite a hazy memory for that kind of thing. But yeah, he's. I'm a big Massa fan, but he needs to just shut up and drive a little bit because Bottas is kicking his ass right now, and he needs to worry. It's almost like he's he's feeling the pressure from Bottas, and he's taking it out in the media. Oh, the, oh, the people being, he's crashing into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. It was just the bit. The bit that annoyed me was that he, you know, he was kind of calling for Perez's head somewhat about the one in, in Montreal because Perez moved Montreal, a little bit. Yeah, that was other one, not Montreal. Um, moved a little bit off, or, or you know, off of the line that he was originally taking. Now, surely that's exactly what Mass has done. He was right on the outside, and instead of sticking to the outside, and I think maybe a uh, a veteran driver in F1 should probably assume that if you've been pushed out to the left and your teammate was in the middle of the track, there was probably a reason he wasn't on the inside of the track also, which was the fact that fucking Kevin Magnussen was there, and not just dive across, you know, assuming that everybody's going to get out of his way. I mean, where's Magnussen supposed to go, really? Well, I I'm assuming that Felipe says he should have just braked and just got out of it. But it's just like, well, you're all racing drivers. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what you're doing. Why didn't you break earlier and and slot in behind Bottas? In which case, Magnussen would have, would have had you know you'd have had the edge over Magnussen by being in the middle of the of the corner and and not right on the left hand side. But you didn't. You kept your foot in because you're a racing driver, and so you go as fast as you can for as long as you can. This is you know the way it should be done. It's just ridiculous to accuse. It's it's complete double standards to accuse somebody of doing the same thing that you've done. And, and it must be their fault because you crashed into them. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, I think he's feeling the heat at Williams with Bottas being so good, and I think he's he's got a bit of uh, angry energy floating about him, and he's he's taking it out on on the likes of Perez in Montreal and Magnussen and and um, Hockenheim, rather than he should be focusing that energy on on beating Bottas on the track because Bottas is every week now. You do you expect Bottas to out qualify and out, outpace Felipe? I think that's I think that's true. I think it's um, you know I don't know how much of that's been a surprise to Felipe, but it, it is the way it's going. And I don't even think that's necessarily a detriment of you to Felipe. I think Valtteri is just very very good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's good. He's come up against a teammate who's really really good <laughs> and younger and and hungrier and yep. you know he has and finish. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So you know, <laughs> right away. <laughs> yes, you're you're kind of scuppered there. So, so that uh, was the first corner. Yeah, Miko Rosberg scampers away. Didn't see him again until lap sixty-six. No. <laughs> Nothing happened to Nico Rosberg. It was bizarre. I've never. So, it was an absolute Sebastian Vettel victory from last season, wasn't it? Just controlled everything from the front. Pitted when he needed to. Managed the fuel, managed the tyres, managed the gap to Valtteri. At no point looked under any pressure whatsoever. And uh, quite frankly, Petronas were lucky Lewis Hamilton had such an interesting race, otherwise he would have had no exposure. <laughs> no. Because he was just cruising, cruise control. I, mean, I don't I, think we've seen anywhere near the pace that the Mercedes needed to show. I, I genuinely think I saw more of Roman Grosje on that, that, that race. Than <laughs> and that is saying something. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, Race-wise, um, other than that first corner shot, it was kind of there was only really one other talking point. Should we should we make our way down the down the list 
because we'll get to the person that caused the only other real piece of kind of interesting on track mm. action. Oh, Amazing, yeah, amazingly far down the list. So. Hmm? Yeah, I said he's not far down the list. Yes, so. he is. Wait, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Adrian Satil. Oh, I was just talking about Lewis's race in general. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, yes, we will obviously, um, <laughs> obviously, we'll get to Lewis before we get to Adrian Sittel, but <laughs> oh, kind of covered in the one big. I, I guess that's probably true. Combination of the topics, but yeah. So, <laughs> so Rosberg wins the race, absolutely comfortable. Um, second place, Valtteri Bottas. What another good drive from Bottas. Again, yeah, he just seemed to just. He never seemed to be troubled by anything, and I, I think Williams have now realised, you know. Or have definitely in their it set in their mind that they they are not racing Mercedes, unless something happens to one of the Mercs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he ended up racing Hamilton because of other factors. Yeah. Um, but he was even, never <laughs> ever racing Nico Rosberg. Even today, they've said, in the build up to the Hungarian Grand Prix, their target is to to come second in the constructors. They want Red Bull. They want to beat Red Bull every week. So yeah, they know the limitations of their car and, and, and that's fair enough so I think Bottas did everything his race was all about designing the strategy to keep Lewis behind as opposed to catching Nico which like that's fine you know that's good that's probably the right strategy because if they tried to push against Nico they probably would have left himself unexposed to, to Lewis towards the end so you have to give them credit there yeah no absolutely um so yeah, third place Lewis Hamilton had a, a very, very feisty, feisty race. I, I have no say. idea how he didn't lose more of that front wing than he already did. No. It was, it's the first two or three, four or five laps when he was having to properly come through the slow guys, you know, when he was passing Maldonado and uh, Grosjean and that kind of caliber mm-hmm. of driver. Like some of the some of the three, you were getting three four cars abreast into that hairpin. at sometimes coming down the straights. It was great to watch, brilliant racing for us. But God knows how there wasn't more accident. There was only four retirements in the whole race, and one of them was Massa in the first corner. <laughs> yes. I have no idea how that. I have no idea how that happened. Look, like Lewis could have steamrolled straight into the side of about three or four different guys into that hairpin. Yes. But they seemed to all just jump out of his way almost at the last well, I, second. I think most, uh, you know, and. Uh, you know, let's let's be fair to the guy. I think he he generally picked his battles well. You know, he had a few harem scare moments, like you say, lost bits of the front wing twice, um, uh, and had a a little love tap with his uh, best mate <laughs> Adrian Sutil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would have been really funny if Sutil had all uh, the people well when it happened, I, the gar- or <laughs> when they touched, I did wonder if Sutil might just like think. You know, fuck this, and just keep on turning right into him, and just like fucking run him off the track, and just go, fuck you, Lewis. Oh well. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's. I mean, he did a great, really good start. Avoided all the trouble with Massa. Uh, made a few places up. So before before we really knew it, he was well into the top ten. He was. I mean, everybody knows how quick that that Mercedes is. Uh, he got past everybody quite well, and it was funny because he ended up kind of stuck with Ricardo briefly. They were both coming through the field. Yes, but I think he managed to even dispatch the Red Bull fairly quickly. Uh, yeah, well, there was a little, there was a little back and forth. Uh, Danny Rick decided not to. Um, a lot roll of them over. didn't fight him too hard. A lot of them didn't fight Lewis. Like you, you like the, uh, uh, 
will come to Jensen, I suppose. But like when Perez and that, they didn't really, they knew they couldn't compete with the Mercedes in reality. There was no point in ruining their own race to to keep him behind. No, just to get in his way. Yeah. So the one major talking point uh, outside of the Sotil one was, of course, when he came to pass Jensen uh, into into the favourite corner of the track, the hairpin. Now, what did you make of that? Because there's a few different ways of looking at this. I think. Well, I, I think you got to look at it like this. Um, Lewis said, sorry for hitting Jensen. If Lewis thinks he did the wrong thing, then... Any F1 driver who admits a fault, you have to say, fair play. And again, it was probably their fault. Mm -hmm. um, Jensen was pretty hard on, on Lewis after the race, saying, I don't know why he, think he thought I'd leave the door open for him. It's, you know, we're racing drivers, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but he said, you know, he then, he, he then a couple of hours later, he said, you know, see the incident on television, a bit harsh in what I said earlier. I can see why Lewis thought... Um, I was letting him through and, and I think that's all it was you know Jensen went a little wide because his tires were dying um had, was having trouble slowing down and getting grip so went a little bit deeper went a little bit wider than he he meant to um wasn't thinking about racing Lewis so I don't think it really occurred to him that Lewis would dive up there you know I think he thought he would probably end up catching him more on the um you know on the home straight so to speak um, and so you know, so turned in to take take his line, and, and Lewis just happened to be there, and it was a it was a balls up. Um, but do, do you know what I mean? If, if you want to say compare the Massa Magnussen incident to that incident, and say which one of these is more like somebody's fault who should be blamed for it, and is more of a penalty per se, then it's the Massa Magnussen incident on on Massa's behalf. I, I think it was just you know. Lewis thought something, it wasn't. Jensen thought something, it wasn't. And it resulted in bad times for Lewis. Yep. No, I think that's probably a fair assessment. Uh, and again, like the Massa incident at the first corner, I think any punishment for either man there would have been silly. Yes. One of those things that happen on the racetrack, these guys are travelling at 200 miles an hour. If you punished every single little contact, you, everybody in the field would end up with penalties. So. Well... You know, think about about how much <laughs> Kimi Räikkönen lost as well. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean in losing his nose? But none of those I thought were. No, know, uh, it's racing. People touch. The um, nose is a very long way out and out of sight of yeah. the drivers. Really, it's going to happen. Campaign, I'm, I don't like unnecessary penalties. So, yeah, no, I agree with pretty much what you said. It was just one of those things, and you know, fair play, Lewis. He stuck his hand up on the next lap, I think, at some point. Or later on in the race, maybe it was. Oh well, it, um, literally when he overtook him at the next the next yeah, opportunity, he next, put his hand up as he went by, yeah, which I yeah. thought was you know very good. Whether Jensen button was actually looking over his shoulder at that point. Fair play to Lewis. So, so in the end, uh, Lewis is he's getting past most people. He's, he's they're still targeting a, a second place for for Lewis at this point. Now even then, I thought that seems a bit ambitious. I don't think he's going to be able to catch Valtteri. So they made a bit of a ballsy call on the strategy and they brought him in because he didn't think the tyres were going to last. And instead of doing one stint on the uh, the harder tyre, they did two shorter stints on the on the super soft. And I suppose that'll bring us nicely to the, the Sotil incident. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... They kept talking about the 
the front wing damage on Lewis's car from the button incident, and they came, seemed to suggest that that was the reason the tyres were going off, and that was the reason you had to change strategy. And I thought, no, the tyres were never going to last anyway. <laughs> Lewis was driving at, like to the limit to get past everybody to come through the field. There's no way that he was going to make those tyres last. Valtteri did barely didn't make the tyres last. Rosberg only made the tyres last because he was in clean air. Everybody else had to three-stop. Vettel, Alonso, they all had to three-stop. So I don't think... They were just kind of bugged me. They, they kept saying, oh, if it wasn't for that front wing damage, Lewis would have two-stopped. And I'm thinking, no, he wouldn't have. He no. wouldn't have. There's no way he was two-stopping driving I, like that. No way. I think I think they made that call quite early on. Um, to, switch, to switch to the two stints. To switch to, to th a three-stop. I think he would set for two. And I think he would have gone for two. But then when he saw the pace... He would have realised quite early on. Eh? Well, I think the problem was is that when they saw that everybody else was... And then the relative speed, they then realised like, oh, well, you know, we may be half a second quicker than most of these people. But if they're all going to end up being on the super soft tyre with not very many laps on it, and then we're going to be making Lewis try and go through, you know, with the slower tyre having done shitloads of laps, it's not going to be any good. So I think they, you know, I think when they started seeing that that pace, they were suddenly like, right, because they, because you remember, if you regularly remember the, the the sort of thing, Brundle sort of said, if they're going to switch him to a two stop strategy, yeah, they need to now. do it, uh, do it now or a three stop yeah. strategy, and they got and to do it, it now, and then they did it, and I don't <laughs> think they would have made that call in the space of time it took Mike Brundle to think about it, you know, I think they were think, you know, it was always, it was yeah. always there. I think they were actually looking more like thinking, well, I wonder if we could do a two stop. Do we match the Williams and see what we can do with their pace? But I think they were probably pretty much in the minds that starting from that far back, that three was probably a reasonable option. Yeah, he had to push the car all the way to get through the field, so mm. he's always going to stress the tyres, always. It was the right strategy. Um, God, yeah. Only, like I say, Rosberg made it work because he had that Vettel ability of just controlling everything from the front. Bottas was hanging on to the thing by the end, like mm. at any any pace at all from behind and Bottas was a sitting duck. He was just so lucky and that segues us nicely into the Satell incident that kind of messed up Lewis's Lewis's uh, uh, final quarter of the race. It just it was such a bizarre one to see a car sideways like that in the middle of the straight and then Satell just going, oh fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. Just, Fucking sober. I'm just leaving it there. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't don't bring it back to the garage. I don't want it. <laughs> I'm just just gonna fucking leave it here. But it's that's Adrian Sittle's job as a valet parker out of the window. I think this. <laughs> so you go and give him your car and then find out it's parked in a Tesco's car park three miles down the road because he couldn't be asked. <laughs> he just bends it into just... the last car, doesn't he? Just, ah. just um, leaves it sitting there. So uh, to be fair to Mercedes, obviously they brought Lewis in as soon as they seen the incident. I think they anticipated a safety car. And I anticipated a safety car. I was sure that was going to get safety cards. So. I must admit, when it happened, for the first lap, I thought they, they're going to do this. When no marshals went to try and get it, I was just like, well, they, then they're not going to go and get it, are they? <laughs> um, but they left it out there for like, was it like two and a half laps? Yeah, it seemed to take an age. Like if that was Monaco, it would have been off <laughs> the track instantly. But the marshals were just... Like they came down from about 200 yards away and had the, to run down and get it. Like. The, and the weirdest thing is that they ran across the track. So mm -hmm. they got marshals from the opposite side of the track to push it to the pit lane, where a group of marshals were waiting to move it into the pit lane. And I was just like, well, why didn't why didn't the marshals there just go and get it? They, they, they only might... use 
They only use Hockenheim two times once every two years. Maybe they're just out of practice. It was just really weird. It was just so strange. It was um, a very strange incident. But I think part of it was that maybe the guy... The, I think the marshals were like, they're going to safety car this, so there's no point in us getting right close to the track, and especially if there's a chance somebody's going to fucking twat into it. Um, so I think they held off. Charlie White was thinking, oh, I guess the marshals will probably go and move that. Oh, shit, they're not. I'm going to have to make a decision. Um, and then then it comes down to entirely whether you think it was the right decision or not. Well, I don't know what you want to say. Nothing happened. Therefore, it's the right decision? What, in terms of whether to safety car it or not? Yeah. The marshals got on the track. Yeah, and they got the car off the track. Nobody died. Nobody came close to being hit. It wasn't it, on the racing line, so... No, and it wasn't realistically more dicey than a lot of other situations where no. they've had marshals I on mean, the track. and You're not going to be on that line of the track where the car was, ever, really. Unless you completely <laughs> unless, make an... <laughs> unless you're Adrian Suttle. <laughs> yeah, unless you've been it in the last corner. Which, you know, there's probably, what, like a 1% chance of that happening, mm. so... And Sutil's out of the race by that point, so he can't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, in all likelihood, it's one racing line there, and he wasn't on the racing line, so they probably, yeah, double wave yellows, it probably was the right decision. However, had they safety card it, I don't think anybody would have had any complaints. So no. it's one of those ones that, you know, it was just fine either way. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, I, I don't think it was a... A slam dunk either way. If you'd safety car it, you go, oh, okay, fair enough, that's a bit dodgy. Uh, they got out of the way with yellows, you go, okay, it's out of the way, fair does. Like, you can't really... Yeah, good job marshals then, isn't it? Yeah, safety yeah, car. isn't it, you know. And it was ended up good job marshals, but poor Lewis then had to come in well, and just fit in the safety car. Is, isn't that kind of, isn't it funny, after him complaining about, you know, that's, that's Monaco, it, yeah, where they it, said, yeah. oh, well, they could have taken me in as soon as it happened. They knew that bloody safety car was coming. And Merck said, "Well, we don't do do different strategies for, you know, different people. We do that. We play the team game, and it's it's whatever gets the team the most points. And obviously, this time they'd already split the strategy. So I guess that's why they said, well, fuck it, then we'll roll the dice and yeah. get him in and stuff. And the problem was is that he he should have had two. Was it two stints of thirteen laps? Yeah, and ended up with a ten and a sixteen. Yeah, and the so sixteen was lap was the one that broken. fucked him because yeah, the car because the the tires were definitely they'd have struggled for thirteen. And they definitely did not like 16. No, absolutely not. I mean, there's an interesting point throughout the race there where Fernando had them on, and I think he, he got to 15. It was, maybe it was Kimi, actually. It wasn't Fernando. Yeah. And he was just on ice, basically, yeah, from 15. So at that point there, since I seen that, I thought, well, Lewis isn't going to have this all his own way. If Raikkonen's properly no grip at all on, on 15 laps, Lewis is going to... The way he's driving, the way he's pushing and trying to pass people, he's going to struggle. This isn't going to be a, a walk in the cake for the walk in the park for the so. <laughs> walk in the cake <laughs> or a piece of park possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, they bring him in. Obviously, they take the chance. The safety car doesn't come, and then it's like, right then, can you get this job done on Valtteri Bottas? And well, he couldn't at the end of the day. No, he caught up with him really quick, and then uh, you know, as we've just said. The advantage of the tyres, that half-second advantage they had over the the um, soft compound tyres, just had gone. You know, Valtteri and and Lewis were essentially in the same predicament. In that they yeah, they had shitty tyres. Yeah, <laughs> so Valtteri had ancient uh, prime tyres on, and Lewis had fairly worn 
uh, option tyres on, and the, the effect of that was just both of them were just a bit naff. And and that Williams is quick in a straight line, and Lewis just didn't have the traction for those tyres to, to get alongside him. So so that was that, really. Bottas held on for a really good second place. Lewis takes third. Just take nothing away from Lewis. That's a great drive to get it from 20th, 20th. to third. Yeah, Absolutely. You'd, you'd Especially... <laughs> Some of the you know potential contacts and that he could have had, he he drove that car. It reminded <laughs> me, reminded me of a bit of the the old Lewis, you know, from, yeah. from his early career. He properly he wrung the neck of that, and he did a he did a great job. I'm I'm quite disappointed how well he did. <laughs> so fair play to him. Got to give him credit. And then there's a big gap in the in the timing, and we get to to. It's funny. Brundle always says how drivers often can't stay away from each other for a few races at a time and we're kind of getting that here with Messrs uh, Vettel and Alonso another interesting little duel between those two for fourth and fifth it's funny actually if, you, if you'd have taken out the three cars in front of them that, that would have been an absolutely stunning duel for first place in any yep. Grand Prix and, you know and as it was they were, we were talking about the non-podium places it's just like it's the same, wow. it's the same as Silverstone wasn't it last week you know? yes that's the way it goes, eh? <laughs> um, you know, as a podcast, we've been maybe maybe a tad unkind to Sebastian here and there. Um, sometimes, I think, with justification. Maybe sometimes a little bit not. But last two races, um, if anybody thinks that Sebastian Vettel can't drive a car, shut the fuck up. Yep, no, I agree with you. And I've always actually, I've, I've said, maintain this from day one. My problem isn't with Vettel, it's with Red Bull. So maintain that till the death. Um, just a great stuff again from the two of them. Uh, Vettel obviously coming out on top in the end. He pitted, I think they made the call to do the three strategy, you know, right away. They were always going to be doing three. Yeah. Whereas Alonso, I think, tried to stretch it a little bit and ended up with crap tyres and lost a bunch of time. And ended up... Uh, having to come in a bit later similar time to Lewis and it just in the end finished about 10 seconds behind I think so but yeah great stuff great driving from the two of them again great uh, just they're just great both of them like they're both like superb drivers and like you say if they could if that was if you hadn't disregarded the first three you'd, you'd have no qualms of they two being dicing it for the top two positions there yeah absolutely um I think it was it was kind of a shame that um, in the end Alonso's strategy meant that they he didn't get the chance to re-race him closer to the end. Um, it would have been nice to have seen, you know, after Vettel kind of doing him on quick tyres for him to be able to have the chance to do the same backwards and see see Vettel do the defending because he's been because Vettel's been the aggressor in the last two races. So you know it's been mm -hmm. Vettel taking the places. Be I'd like to see Alonso being able to do the same thing. You know, or attempt the same thing with Sebastian and and see that play out as well. And uh, just behind him, had another a pretty good drive. It was uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Well, he yeah, had he can... to, you know, he got smooshed off the track by um, yeah. Massa. So again, you know, he he had a a bad start to the race, not as bad as as Magnussen ended up, but you know, still would put him it put him right down at the sort of. Um, well, he was it was a red Jensen button, wasn't he? Around so so sort of around tenth, eleventh place, I think. Well, he was with Lewis originally, so. No, he wasn't quite. 
Well, Lewis was right behind him. He first lap after the first couple of laps, I think. Well, he had to overtake a few of the back markers, and then he got caught up. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got well, to because yeah. that's what. Many... To get rid of like Chilton and Ericsson, I think. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what they. What's that's what the kind of commentator said is that you know Daniel Ricciardo was massively out of position, so instead of being somebody that Lewis was just going to be able to breeze past, he suddenly had to. to yeah, had to fight a little bit. Yeah. No. To make the move. So yeah, again, and he. Um, I can't remember who he was fighting. Was it Lewis? Did he do? Did he fight Lewis twice in the end? I think he did, didn't he? It was the first time, and then the second time they were having a little duel mid-race. I'm sure it was Lewis. It must have been Lewis. I can't. I don't think it was anybody else. Um, and like Lewis would overtake him, and then Daniel would sort of duck under, take the take the opposite line to get a better, you know, better straight line out of it, get on the power quicker. And then retake the place, and it, they sort of swapped places for a, for three or four corners. I think it was till till Lewis eventually got the place, um, and and his driving was just as good as Sebastian's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the more I see of Ricardo, the more I'm impressed. Like Bottas, the two of them are just continuing to impress every week. So it's good to see because we need some of that. Need some youth coming through, challenging the the big guns. Hopefully Nico Hülkenberg can kind of uh, <laughs> can push himself into that bracket, but he's just not really got the car at the moment. It's not happening for him. Is it seventh seventh place? Um, a couple up from where he started, but if you think about the fact that you know there was one less Massa, um, and uh, who else was in front of him that he ended up who ended up behind him? Oh, Magnussen essentially. So the Massa Magnussen incident. Is the only reason Nico, Nico Hulkenberg ended up any places above where he qualified? You say it's not really happening for Nico Hulkenberg right now, but do you know he's been in the points every single race this season? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, but what I mean, I mean is, you can't fault that. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. I think you're misunderstanding me on this one. What I mean is that before we've all been talking about Nico Hulkenberg doing amazing things in yeah. an average car. And now he's doing average things in an average car. Yeah, no. Okay. And that, I, I, that's not that. good for a man who last season was supposed to be getting into a, <laughs> ironically, a Lotus drive. But you know what I mean? A, a top Fucking team man. drive. We were all moaning about that at the time, that Hulkenberg <laughs> wasn't getting the drive. And look what's happened. Absolutely. Um, but but no, that's, I mean... that's what I mean. It, it, we've all gone. Nico Hulkenberg is fast and supremely talented and he can overtake. But it, if he doesn't get the car further than the car should go he's not doing enough to be impressive if you see what i mean no i, I do get you i do get you but there's something to be said for consistency as well well yeah, yeah no absolutely do you know what i mean we're, we're all fans of nick hydeford on this on this yeah he's brought the car too. home every single week in the points so you know he's, yeah. not, he's not doing a bad job for the team but he's i don't think he's doing himself any favors with what's happening to him and uh, well fuck it you know I'm sure he's not finishing seventh because that's what he can be asked to do. But like I say, it, it's it's more that it's not good for his career to be ambling along in a midfield car, scoring midfield points. He needs to be knocking in around fifth and dicing with the Red Bulls and no, I agree with Alonso. To, I agree with and that's the way he'll get his drive. That's the way he'll yeah, oust an older driver is by beating them in a worse car. Yeah, like, look, people will set up and take notice of that. I get, like, consistency doesn't put you in a Red Bull or a Ferrari, unfortunately. And Indeed. I completely, completely as, agree as with Nick Heidfeld, that. do you know what I mean? The guy, the guy never got a top drive that his talent 
probably would have would have warranted because do you know what I mean? He he didn't do the exciting things that yeah, made you think. Yeah, the flashy stuff that gets you noticed. He was entirely capable of bringing your car home in the sort of top five race after race after race, but you know people just didn't think that that equaled a champion, and I'm, I worry that that will happen to Nico. Um, he still beat his teammate though, which again is the first benchmark you can look for, I suppose. So um, that's something. True. I think he's fine. I mean, I'm not. I'm not worried about him at this stage. No, you could, could maybe have done a few points here and there a bit better, but yeah, like he'll still be in the Force India next season. He's not. He's not losing his drive, is he? So plenty of time for Nico Hulkenberg, and he's the only people that are above him in the World Championship are the two Mercedes, the two Red Bulls, Alonso and Bottas. So you know, he's ahead of Button. He's ahead of Magnussen. He's ahead of Massa. He's ahead of his teammate. He's ahead of Kimi Raikkonen in the in the World Championship. So. I'm not worried yet for Nico Hulkenberg. Sure. And I think he does have that ability to dice it up above, uh, sort of beyond the level of the car. We have seen that in the past with like Alonso, he was having lots of fights with. So just because he hasn't happened in the last two or three races, that happens, you know? You go through little blips and he might stick it in fourth on the grid this weekend and, and, and bring it home in fourth or fifth. So we'll wait and see. Yep. Uh, eighth so, place was uh, Jensen Button. Um, started 11th ending 8th um, I think that's a fairly good result for him um, he had some on track success some not on track success uh, do you think that's the pace of the McLaren right now uh, track by track possibly I don't think he had the car he needed this race it would have been more interesting to see what Kevin Magnussen could have done having started in fourth. Definitely, that's one of the sh- I mean, as great a week, uh, great a race as it was. That's pretty much the big shame of the weekend. Where would Magnussen have ended up without that incident? Could he have put it on the podium? Maybe, probably not. But he might have been able to dice it with Vettel and Alonso, and that would have been fun to see. So that's probably the biggest, the biggest letdown. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think McLaren at the moment can be too upset with 8th and ninth, with a poorly set up car and a car that got bundled off the track in the first lap um, all the cars that finished in front of them are more than capable of finishing in front of them mm-hmm. I think they have the ability If uh, I, I don't think that massively far away from it but I, I think you know they certainly could with it with not too much more development that you know the stuff that they're bringing to the car could well be knocking on you know the sort of fernando alonso fifth place all things being well but i think if you took anything between fifth and tenth that's that's where the mclaren's going to be every race yeah track by track it could be fifth it could be tenth and anywhere in between i agree with that definitely uh perez was the next man behind the two mclarens in tenth yeah uh, I, you know i just a pretty average race, wasn't it? He has been up and down this season, hasn't he? I think that's yeah. been the problem with Sergio. He's been a great one way, one race. I was going to say one race, <laughs> but I'm not Jonathan Moss. Um, <laughs> great one race, and then the next, like this one, a dog. He was quite good in the previous race, making up places and bits and pieces. This race, nothing. Yeah. Started 10th, finished 10th, didn't see him. He didn't do anything. Like, like he got in the way of people. He got overtaken 
by everybody. <laughs> That's, that, his whole entire time on camera was being overtaken by Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel, Fernando Alonso, and Daniel Ricciardo. That's pretty much pretty much his race summed up. Yeah. Um, so like I think we said about Hulkenberg, it's not gonna it's not gonna win you a drive to a big a big team. Just you know, tenth, ninth, that kind of thing. So. Maybe if he can if he can start replicating his, his fourth and fifth that he'll he'll bring out once every four races a bit more often. Perez might get a bit more notice from the top teams again. But he he might have found his level there at Force India, I think, possibly. You know, I think I think what's being proved this season is that McLaren weren't necessarily wrong to get rid of him. I think it's sad that they got rid of him. It's sad think, that he only had one season. But I think the issue with Perez is they were wrong to bring him in in the first place. Yeah. I think he needed another season or two at a team like Force India. And then they could go for him. But once they'd brought him in, I would have stuck with him. But I probably wouldn't have made that decision in the first place. And that's... See, I'd, I'd still take Kevin Magnussen over Sergio Perez right now. I, I think Magnussen <laughs> is proving that I think he's a better driver than... Sergio is, but bar the rookie mistakes, you know, to, to some degree in his first few races. I I'm think Magnussen sure. is quicker than him. I think he's just quicker than he is. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't think so. I think I'd take Perez, but pushed. I've had one seat, 50-50, money didn't come into it, nothing like that. I just had to pick a guy right now, probably take Perez. Hmm. But it's close. And I think Magnussen probably has more potential to be a future champion. But I just I like I'd like that I couple years experience under belt. I couldn't see Sergio Perez being a world champion. No, I don't think so either. But I could see Kevin Magnussen sticking with McLaren, being good, and getting the car under him, and coming good. I can just see it. It just has a, do you know? I mean, it has a pathway that's very visible to me and very obvious. Whereas Sergio Perez, I think, would have to, like, Alonso or, or Raikkonen would have to, like, break a leg. Or something like that and nobody else be able to get out of their contract but Sergio Perez can and lucks his way into a Ferrari and the Ferrari happens to be good and you know maybe he could do something an Eddie Irvine type <laughs> that's that's the level I see he's an Eddie Irvine is an, an absolutely decent driver who can probably put in some decent laps um, and in a very good car you know could charge somewhere around the front of a you know of a pack but I just don't see him yeah, Sergio Perez, World Drivers Champion, just doesn't doesn't strike a chord in my head. Well, he's still young. We'll wait and see. Somebody who, who isn't somebody who isn't young and looks to be leaving the Formula One fraternity in the next season or so, uh, with Kimi Raikkonen in eleventh. It's not going well, is it? <laughs> um, again, most exciting moment being part of El Alonso Vettel sandwich. Um, he lost a lot of his front wing as well. Um, just not a good day for the Kimster. I don't know what to do about Kimi. Like, if I was at Ferrari, I just what, what? Can't understand it. Why it isn't working? I can't understand why he isn't at least able to be, uh, uh, not necessarily beating Alonso regularly because Alonso's Fernando Alonso. You don't beat Fernando Alonso regularly. <laughs> but you know, if Alonso's popped it there in fifth, there's no reason why Aikman shouldn't be sixth or seventh. Yeah. You know, he, he should be at least competing with the with the button Magnussen Hulkenberg trio, and, and the thing is, he didn't even look like he would. No. And he hasn't looked like he would. This wasn't a one-off. That's the issue. 
it hasn't looked like he can compete with that level, which is very strange. I don't know whether the car is just designed in a way that doesn't suit his style. Obviously, Fernando's been developing the Ferrari cars for four or five seasons now. I don't know whether he just doesn't like the, the way it's styled, but I don't know. Possibly see see Kimi out the car. But he's at already the end of the season. He, he said he will finish his career at Ferrari whenever that is, and mm -hmm. I think that will probably be next season. They'll give him two seasons and then go. Right. Hello, Jules um, Bianchi. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, and I can't argue with that. If that's the way it goes, and, and I think he's he's actually probably quite comfortable with that. I think he he decided he he'd come back, go you know, came back, did well with Lotus. Got the big money drive back at Ferrari, a place that he's clearly quite happy to go back to and has fond memories of, you know, won the world championship with them. And if it doesn't work out, I think he's just happy to just go, that's fine, I'll go away and do motocross or whatever racing takes my choice. Camel Probably racing. Probably or... like finish, finish rally across uh, snow. Finish snow rotted, with, rotted uh, fish racing, I don't know. Or, something. Something. or, or yeah, we've seen, he's quite good with a tractor underneath him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, Do you imagine him, he's one of those guys, he will race anything. He will ra whatever you give him, if it's got four wheels, he'll, it doesn't even need four wheels, in fact, he'll race it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing you like about Raikkonen, he is just a racer's guy. He's a yeah. Racer's yeah. Uh, <laughs> just finishing ahead of. Just finishing ahead of. And I guess that's that's the worry, isn't it? Just finishing out of, and fair play to him, Pastor Maldonado managed to actually get the fucking Lotus to the end of a race for once. No this, points, but he's still got here. it there. It's true here, like, if they got future endeavoured from Formula 1, you wouldn't blink an eye. Pastor <laughs> Maldonado, 12th, John Eric Verne, 13th, Esteban Gutierrez, 14th. <laughs> Formula 1 would like to wish Pastor Maldonado, <laughs> oh. John Eric Verne and Esteban Gutierrez all the best in their, in their future endeavours. Yeah, get this, the three of them are never going to be anything. Like, at least built behind, you've got Bianchi who was next. He's, you can clearly see he's got something. Mm -hmm. But, like, those three, just... Plodding along, meandering, achieving nothing. No, yeah. Jev. I mean, Jev is out next season. I, I can't. I don't. Uh, they will get somebody new in the Taurus. He's had what three seasons? It's going to be um, Anthony Felix da Costa. Surely will drive that car next I, season. I would have thought so. I really would have thought so. Um, and they'll give Kvyat obviously. Well, He'll lead the team next season, and they'll bring in another rookie. Probably. Absolutely. Um, and Kvyat, to be fair, I don't think that's unreasonable for him I think he's shown no. obviously he didn't finish this weekend but he's shown pure pace more than anything he I think qualifies he, exceptionally yeah, drives that car bloody quick at the end of the day you know Much, and that's the opposite of Jev <laughs> yes yes Jev drives at a slightly steady. More steady steady pace generally gets the car home but yeah he's not he's not setting the world on fire and that, you know, that's generally what you got to be doing to keep your seat in Formula One, one, one way or other, unless you're paying for Especially it. Especially at Toro Rosso, when you know they're quite clear that they're like, right, you got a couple of seasons if you don't impress. <laughs> Next guy's in. So yeah, Jeff must know. He must know. He must be actively making plans. Going, I'm probably not going to be an F1 next season. What should I do about that? You know. Yeah. Is there something else out there for me? Because he's not got the money to pay for a drive like. Uh, Marussia or something. And he'd have to hope to that, that he's so. he's sucked Helmut Marco's cock enough that he'll get Sebastian Boemi's test drive, and that'll that'll keep him with the team within some hope. Because if he hasn't, if he's not impressed somebody within the robotic, he's just gone. They won't keep him for the simulator work or as a test driver or stuff. They've got Boemi who 
Um, I think he's probably better than Jev anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And there you go. That's the that's the long and the short of it. Um, yeah. Esteban Gutierrez. He's well, another one that's he's in the car for the Mexican money as far as I'm concerned. I don't see anything in him. I'm sadly starting to agree with you. He's he, he had a couple of moments where I thought maybe he'd he'd show, and he's you know he's I think he's doing better than Sutil, and Sutil apparently <laughs> isn't worried about his drive for next season, so Gutierrez shouldn't be. But Sutil um, must have like naked pictures of Bernie or something. Bernie's <laughs> paying his teams to let him drive. Bernie and Jimmy Savile somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I, don't, uh, I don't understand. Sauber are just like. I mean, Gutierrez admittedly doesn't have the car underneath him to show what he can do, but... Yeah. I mean, the only thing you can say really about Gutierrez is that he's not ending up behind the four <laughs> the cars engine. that has to be behind him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's pretty one, much all he has to do. And, and occasionally finish ahead of Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> yeah, between those two, it's just like a two-man battle between those two for the rest of the season of who can suck the least. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, so that's that's 12th to 14th. 15th, uh, Jules Bianchi, uh, last of the single lap lapped cars. Camille uh, Kobayashi, uh, two laps down. Max Chilton, two laps down. Marcus Ericsson, who probably had the shittiest weekend out of just about everybody, uh, finished 19th, two laps down. Bianchi again, proving that he's the best of the yep. of the dog shit. <laughs> so. Yes. That's pretty much, that's a pretty astute assumption I think you've got there. DNS have pretty much covered, Massa first corner, Sutil parked it in the middle of the fucking motorway. Um, Grosjean was, um, was brake failure, wasn't it? Mechanic failure, yeah. And yeah. Kvyat was... Uh, <laughs> Kvyat was the awesome. Fucking hell. You're going to go out, that's the bloody way to do it. And and to slowly get out of your car as well, whilst it is a fucking towering inferno. Just yeah, it seemed to take quite a while. I was worried it was just going to explode. It's when it, it stopped <laughs> and all of the fire and smoke, instead of obviously streaming out behind, just stopped and then went forward and just thought, oh, he really needs to get out of that car very, very quickly. But he didn't sort of get out and leg it away. He sort, of, <laughs> he sort of got out and put the steering wheel back and then just sort of wandered away and punched the barrier. Yeah, he was, it was just say, like... proper grumpy as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, fuck. <laughs> Fucking fire. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. That was that, yeah. Um, uh, Kvyat, Grosjean, Massa, Sotil, DNS. So, that was Hockenheim. Good race. Very oh, good race. So good. So good. I mean, British and German Grand Prix back-to-back always should be, really. Yeah, um, and I don't particularly care for Hungary, but I'm quite optimistic for this weekend as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... A little summer treat. Great to see Rosberg win after the disappointment of Silverstone. Uh, very pleased by that. Obviously helped by Lewis's indiscretions in qualifying, but I think he he did everything he needed to do. It was very vettel like from last season, and you know, you, you don't no dramas. There's something to be said for just controlling it and and and, and bringing it home safe. Not he'll have saved the engine loads this weekend. He'll have saved the gearbox. He'll have uh, not had any any worries. So. That's good. Yes, pretty much a perfect weekend. So, who is your uh, driver of the day? It's a tough one. It's, I could give it to any of the top three for varying reasons. Top four, I mean, probably. So. 
Uh, I don't think Vettel did anything to deserve it overly. I think he just. Mm. I would suggest that he just drove that car. He drove well in his duel with Fernando, but I don't think he had. Uh, I wouldn't have given him a claim to driver of the day. Okay. I think that Red Bull has that Red Bull should be finishing fourth in this race, especially with Massa being out and he's finished fourth. He's just finished where I would expect him to finish. So, but um, hush, hush. I mean, put it on the podium. <laughs> might have had a bit more to say on that, but. No, I think he's just... It's the same with Fernando in fifth. As good as their stuff is together, that's where that car should be. And, it, and it's finished there. It's like what you're saying about Hulkenberg. He's finished seventh, and he's probably expected to be finished seventh. So. But I, I can't, I'm going to have to give it to Lewis, probably, for coming through from 20th to third. Uh, probably would have finished second if Sutil hadn't been at the last corner. I probably, I, we'll never know for certain. Who knows what Bottas had in the car to defend. But you would probably have finished second if he'd gotten his 13 and 13 stint, I would suggest. Um, so And he did, did some good overtaking work, passing a lot of guys, kept it almost out of trouble. <laughs> um, Maybe that's stretching the truth ever so slightly. And, you know, <laughs> credit to the Mercedes team. They, they made the call quite early on the strategy. They went, this isn't working, we're doing this. We're going to split the strategy to get the super softs on. Let's go for this. Let's... Let's make a charge. Let's do this the fighting way instead of just trying to hang on by the skin of the teeth of tires and whatnot. So, no, I'll give it to Lewis rather begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, can you guess who I'm going to give it to? Is it Vettel? No. <laughs> <laughs> is it Bottas? No. Is it Lewis? No. Is it Nico? No. Um. That stumped you. It has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it to Daniel Ricciardo. Okay, that's a, a bit of left field choice, but okay. I just enjoyed his racing this this entire weekend. Um, he duelled with people, you know, throughout the race, and he gave Lewis a run for his money, and I, I've just got to be impressed with it. You know, if you're going to take on a Lewis Hamilton who is charging through the field with the sole purpose of getting as close to the front as he can possibly make it, you've got to have some skill talent and balls to sit there and go no fuck it if you're gonna if you're gonna overtake me here i'm gonna undercut you in the next corner and see see what you have to do then i just i love that kind of mentality that you know i, I don't give a fuck if i'm finishing six and you're finishing second you've got to fucking overtake me to get it done don't don't piss about and think that just because you you happen to have gotten got me in one corner because of newer tyres if I can get you back I will so I just loved it I was just really immersed in what he was doing on track fair enough fair enough fair enough and he finished um, the closest finish across the line I think we've seen for many a year in literally eight thousandths of a second behind Fernando Alonso yeah to get it back up to alongside the Ferrari after the start certainly a good drive can't argue with that so there you go. Um, retard of the race. Uh, I, I, I know. Him. I know my. <laughs> know my nomination. I love him, but it's probably got to be Massa, hasn't it? Uh yes, I think so. It's, it's more for the comments afterwards, though, rather than. I mean, the incident was probably his fault, but like I said, I'm. I'm willing to be. I'm willing to just let things slide if it's a first corner incident. This is. 
this isn't, you know, fucking table tennis. It's extremely difficult going into that first corner at such a high speed. You've got 20 cars proper close together. See what happened with fucking Fernando and Spa a couple of years ago when Roman Grosjean nearly took his head off. So anything can happen at the first corner. It's, so I'm willing to, to overlook the fact that he probably should have been wary of where Magnussen was. He wasn't. I can overlook that. But the comments afterwards were just, just silly. So, yeah, retard of the race. Unfortunately, goes to Felipe Massa. Hmm. And I will agree. There's <laughs> <laughs> a brilliant picture on Planet F1 on the homepage of him just looking so defiant. <laughs> it really is. Uh, what do you mean you think it's my fault? What are you talking about, reporter? Uh, so I think that pretty much takes us to the end of the race. Well, it does take us in the race. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That takes us to the end of the race, which means it must be time for the Formula One news. The Final Lap Podcast News. So, first story that's coming up in the news. Uh, is Lewis Hamilton looking like they... He, well, he certainly has restarted new negotiations with Mercedes to extending his contract. Um, yep. I don't think anybody's surprised. No. <laughs> He's driving well. They're building a good car. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're going to offer Nico Rosberg a, a new contract, then Lewis Hamilton deserves a new contract. Or at least certainly deserves to extend it for, for the same period. Certainly with him, it's only expiring at the end of next season as well. So, you know, if they don't get it done soon, teams are going to start sniffing about. So, certainly... Um, Ferrari, there'll be a seat opening up, you would have thought. Obviously, you'd assume Joe's Bianchi would get it, but you never know. And McLaren, I'm sure, would take him back in a heartbeat if the opportunity came up. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it makes sense for Mercedes to tie him down. He's driving well. He, 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 as much as there's a little bit of needle between him and Nico in general, I think it could be worse. Um, so, yeah, get, get, get Hamilton in. Get, get, get it signed. I don't think anybody would expect anything other than that to go through. Fair enough. Uh, in other news, Adrian Sutil has denied reports that he's about to be dropped by Salvo. <laughs> I mean, I know you're saying that, Sutil, but <laughs> you're not really showing much on the track to suggest that, you, that we should have confidence in your word. <laughs> well... No, ab- absolutely. I mean, what's his, uh, what was his answer to the to the question? Was I think half of my career they said Adrian is out. I'm still here. It's my 120th Grand Prix. Any more questions? <laughs> hmm. See, I quite like that response. <laughs> but I bet you could name five or six drivers that have probably done. You know, 120. Grand Prix may sound like a lot, but they do a lot more races this season. If you look back in time, yeah. at, at the number of highly average drivers who you know who did three or four seasons in Formula One, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make you a good driver just because you've done, you know, lots of Grand Prix. No, that's certainly true. What was the name? What was the f- guy who came into Ferrari and was absolutely fucking awful? Luca Badoa. That's it, Luca Badoa. I wonder how many because Luca Vidoa has been. Not many. Has he not, not done many? Not many because oh. he only 
Has he only, he only been drove sort of testing? for like Minardi for like one season. Oh really? Okay. And then um, he did the he did the Pedro. De, oh maybe not. Could be wrong. Fifty eight. No, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Fifty eight races, but fifty starts. So he must have failed to qualify eight times. <laughs> but <laughs> um, still, he's done half the number of the yeah. number of races that Adrian Suttle has. And like it was appalling. Absolutely <laughs> exactly. Appalling. So he can only be potentially twice as good as Luca Badoa, which isn't saying very much. In Badoa's fairness, he never drove anything <laughs> at all that was remotely decent. Like, other than the Ferrari in 09 when Felipe got his head cracked, he never drove anything. He drove a Minardi, a Minardi, a Lola, and a, I don't even know what a 40 is. That must have been before my time. I don't think he Team, team called 40 Grand Prix. I don't think even I know what a 40 is, which goes to show it's usually... They only had 27 races in Formula 1. <laughs> Genius. So. I love little teams like that. They are my <laughs> favourite, favourite things in Formula 1. So they're another super agree by the sense of things. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, no, so we can't... <laughs> I don't want to jump on the defence of Luca Badoa too much there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know. The Luca Badoa fan club. <laughs> Pre president and sole member. <laughs> Uh, classic. I just remember that Minardi team from 99. 99 was my first season I used to, first season I got into F1. Um, and um, they had Luca Badoa and Mark Genet as their two drivers. And I was like, that's, that's a great couple of drivers that, right there. That's the punchline to a joke, isn't it? <laughs> Luca Badoa and Mark Genet. Love it. So, yeah. Um, so, so tell, we're, we're stuck with him, apparently. He's not going anywhere. Well, like I say, he's obviously got naked pictures of Bernie Eccleston. <laughs> so... <laughs> Bernie Eccleston's paying for his drive at whatever team he's at, I think. <laughs> uh, another driver who's, um, well, in the opposite way, he's, he's in no hurry to decide his future. Roman Grosjean. Um, I think Pastor be... Maldonado has committed to Lotus next season. Roman Grosjean hasn't. Uh, you've got to be fucking worried if you're Team F1 Lotus. And Roman Grosjean, who is clearly, by fucking leaps and bounds, the best driver in the team, is going, well... I'm willing to roll the dice and see if there's a fucking better team out there. Didn't you blame him, though? Well, like, no, but the, but if you think about it, that's, you know, he was in a car that was challenging for podiums last season. Okay, it's gone, gone shit this season, but a reasonable man might say well, they've got a, you know, they could get back up there again. Yeah. But he's, but at, he's point, he, at this point, he's clearly thinking, ah, I could get into a Sauber maybe next season. That's <laughs> <laughs> a step up the fucking ladder. Uh, just... I think you never know for Grosjean. Like, if Massa doesn't improve at Williams, there might be a seat there. I don't know. Massa's going to stay at least this season and next season, but beyond that, who knows? And if that Williams keeps continuing its rate of development, that all of a sudden becomes a really attractive drive to, to guys like on guys like Hulkenberg. If Hulkenberg goes back to Williams, they just, <laughs> just metal go round in between the three teams. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think Grosjean will probably stay at Lotus just because there's not really anywhere else to go. It's probably only option would be Sauber. And like, you, out of the two, on, even as crappy as Lotus have been this season, you don't go to Sauber. <laughs> like, under, uh, they're a sinking ship under current regime, I think, so... Yes. Uh, Mind you, you could, you could argue that about Lotus as well. Both just in no man's land at the moment. 
But Lotus have a more. I think Lotus's potential to bounce back next season is greater than Cyber's potential to bounce back. So if I was Grosjean, I would I would stick. Hmm. Uh, France Toast has come out and uh, amazingly praised uh, both Kvyat and Jean-Éric Verne. Praised um, Kvyat all he bloody likes. He's been excellent. Jean-Éric Verne slightly less so. Well, to be fair, he says there's more to come from Jean-Éric Verne. It, it just looked when I read that, it just looked as if it was a like a school teacher wanting to praise one of the children and, and felt like he had to praise the other one so he didn't feel left out or something like. I was like, yeah, Kvyat's done really good. And we like Jev as well. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's, it's all about Kvyat for me. I, think, I think that's list. really funny how that's turned around so quickly. Do you know what I mean? We we assumed that Jev would, you know, so kind of come in and be... Um, the... What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of... Um, That Jeff will be the sort of elder statesman of the team and show the the rookie the way, mm -hmm. and it's just been completely the other way around. It's just yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Like he's just been schooled by the younger guy. Like we said, Kvyat's just quick, very just quick. Doesn't necessarily have the race craft to go with it, but at 18 years old, 19 years old, do you expect him to? No. But he's lightning in terms of one lap pace, so. Certainly for what that car's got underneath it. He's he's out qualifying the potential of that car most weeks. And, you know, he's sticking it in like 8th and ninth, whereas realistically, it probably should be 12th, 13th, so. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, another return to the Formula 1 calendar has been announced. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one it is? I do. Go on, then. It is Mexico. <laughs> Indeed. The Mexican Grand Prix shall be uh, returning in 2015, apparently. Along with every other country in the world <laughs> as we embark on a 49 calendar race calendar. <laughs> maybe they won't. Uh, maybe they'll just like all they'll do is just make all the intermediate, intervening sort of racetracks between the actual weekends just bits of motorway. <laughs> so they'll just like they'll literally have to drive a Formula One car to the next venue, and that really? can't as a, like sprint stages in like the Tour de France and stuff. It's not all all riding, but in in <laughs> bits in between the places where they're doing the proper races, they have to <laughs> they have to do it. What have you? What have you? Would you, would you pet? Would you have pet later? Like, well, just have to stop. A, have to stop at a shell garage and. I bet you passed an hour and a half, and we'll put diesel in his car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, See fucking Kimi Raikkonen coming up with a fucking magnum in his hand. <laughs> it's like what? Oh, we stopped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Mexico is coming back, and I'm not really surprised, given that Perez brings a lot of money, and so does Gutierrez. That's the kind of thing that happens in Formula One. That'll happen for like a year, probably, and then Bernie will get bored and move it elsewhere. Hello. Hello. Sorry What's about up? that. <laughs> um, Winning. To Mexico, yeah. I'm, it, it's had some good races in the past, I think. I don't really know it as a track. I haven't. Um, I wasn't. I think it was sort of finished up. 
It's been 23 years since yeah. it's been on the calendar. So before I started, I mean, what's that? 91. So before I started, to be honest with you, I started watching F1 in the late 90s. So it was before I've. I know much about it. Is it the exact same track, though? I, I believe it, it's certainly the last post it was hosted, but they they're updating the track quite a lot because actually that's to be expected. But it's, it's the same venue anyway. So. That's interesting. I look forward to it. It's always curious to see a new track and see how it gets on. So, but I would be slightly um, pessimistic about its long-term future. Yeah, you, I mean, it's like any of these tracks, isn't it? You just it all sounds sounds really good, and for the first year it looks really good, and then you endear it basically, and it just it just dies. I mean, the, to be fair, the German Grand Prix, the um, practice sessions and, and quality were not well attended. It was, no. Which is concerning. It's quite scary because Hockenheim isn't even one of the more expensive Grand Prix to go and see. No, it isn't. And you've got Vettel as your world champion, Rosberg leading the world championship, Nico Hulkenberg, the new kid on the block. What more are they wanting in terms of star power? So, yeah, a bit concerning, but hopefully just a, a freak one-off and it's, it's okay, hopefully. Yes. Um, Anything else in the news? One last thing. Uh, get well soon, Toto Wolf, who um, fell off his bike. And no, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, smacked his shoulder up and some other bits and pieces. I like Toto. Yeah, I like Toto. So. <laughs> I very much enjoyed. You wish him well. I very much enjoyed the interview with him and Susie, with Toto in his <laughs> Mercedes stuff and Susie in a Williams stuff, when he said, "Well, you know." We were going to come second, and then Susie said, "You were never coming second. And I was just like, <laughs> "Yes, brilliant! That's that's so awesome!" Just to say, "No, no, you weren't ever coming second." To do you know what I mean? A, the, the guy who out. owns shares in the team, and you know, is <laughs> the head of the you know current leaders of everything in Formula One. Just be like, "Nah, not not today, mate." <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. So that's uh, that's all the Formula One news. So it's let's let's have a look ahead to uh, the next next week's race. I say next week in two days' time from when we were recording this. It's the Hungarian Grand Prix at the Hungaro Ring in the. Yeah, not one of my favourites, like Monaco, but without the fun, uh, you can't really overtake. Unless it rains, it can be a bit dull. And Lewis Hamilton's good round here, so <laughs> all in all, <laughs> not the best weekend for me. But um, ah, you never know. I've said that before about Hungary, and it's occasionally produced stellar races. I've always gone into the weekend going, oh, Hungary, and then coming back and going, oh, wow, that was good for Hungary. And then next season, I, start, I say the same thing, oh, Hungary again, even though I know it can produce good races. So hopefully, Touchwood this week is one of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it, it could be interesting. Um, it is a bit of a strange track in it, it, its design, and I think that's why it it, it, it was the first purpose-built uh, Formula One track, apparently. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Um, and I think it, it's possibly showing its age in terms of what was, you know, acceptable back when it was built compared to what racing really demands these days um it probably isn't as good as it could be but as you say it's it's produced some some stonkers in the past it has to be said um i expect lewis to have a really good weekend 
Maybe. He has done. He's won the last two, so he's gone for the third uh, victory in a row. So, you know, the smart money is on Lewis this weekend, especially with Nico winning last week in Germany. He'll be, he'll be dying for a, for the victory to try and close that gap. He's 14 points now behind us, Lewis Hamilton on Rosberg, so he'll be, he'll be dying to close that gap. Yeah, I must admit, I'm, I'm struggling to see any, anything past Lewis, you know, going to a favoured track and, and doing well. Um, I think it's a Lewis, a Lewis to Nico 1-2 this uh, this week. I, I hope that we see a bit of Bahrain, a bit of, um, I don't know, whatever other races it was where they were close, where we're, we're proper fighting. Yeah, wheel to a uh, race. It'd be nice to see. Yeah, you're right. Because we kind of haven't seen that for a while, you know. Yeah, well, the... went out in Silverstone and uh, Hamilton was far back in Hockenheim. So, yeah, let's get the two Mercedes 1 and 2 on the ground and let them go at it. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be happy to see that. Um, Hopefully it Nico coming out on top, but you have to suspect Lewis would, given his form at the track. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. But that leads us to our favourite game. What does this track look like? Uh, How do we look? It's a bit of an shaped one, isn't it? I think it kind of looks like a dancing man on a dance, a nightclub dance floor. Now bear with me on this. Uh, no. If, if you, you turn your head... Turn it to the side. To the right, and then the wee triangle pointy bits like the head... Yeah. In the top left-hand corner, is, is, uh, so he's the, the pointy top, arm. He's like got his hand out, like doing some shapes. Yep. And then you know he's still he's on got, one leg, maybe possibly. Yep. You know, he's, the, the the only bit that's difficult is the legs, but certainly that top path there is is definitely cutting some shapes on a dance floor. Oh yeah, uh, I oh, thought. Easy one. No, I actually thought it looked like a car engine. Oh yeah. Okay, I can see that. The sort of front bit is the the radiator fan and then attached to the you know this sort of big block and and bits and pieces on top a very old engine admittedly it's not power unit in any way shape or form there's no curves or errors on it i've uh, got it i've got it all right a watering can <laughs> did i not say a watering can last week as well at hockenheim <laughs> there's no one that looks like a water can we've discovered a new thing <laughs> they're bottle openers and watering cans <laughs> <laughs> So where's, oh, is the, the big pointy up bit the spout and then the sort of bit on the left is the handle? Yeah, you would hold it ah. like, it's a, like you would hold a gun. It was like a trigger. And oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can... Pretty sure Hockenheim was a watering can as well. I'm going to have to start being more original. Oh, I've got it. I know what it I... looks like. Hit me. It looks like um, Rob or ROB, the, the NES robot. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, well, fuck's sake. There goes me, unfortunately. Sorry. Oh, damn it. Look it up on Google ROB NES, and you'll right. you'll see it's, it's the little robot that looked like it was the coolest thing that could ever come with a NES. It was a, supposed to be a robot that helped you play games, but it, it helped you play all of two games and not very well. Um, right, I've got a picture of the robot. Now I'm just trying to see how... You have to turn your head, turn your head to the left. Right. And then the left bit of the track is the head. And then okay. the main bit of the track is the body bit. <laughs> right. It's, it's a slight stretch. I'll, I'll, I'll give you it. But it does... If you squint a little bit, it's Rob. Right, okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Shirt by age and everything. Right, then, yeah, I never had a nose. I was a, had a snares, but not a nose. Jeez. I feel old. feel too <laughs> old. God damn it. Right, then. Well, I think that that was this weekend. So, yes. So will we? 
will be up and, and watching that very I'm soon. I'm on holiday from work, so I can watch it in peace. It's alright for some. Well, I don't say it's alright for some, it's the weekend for me, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a problem. Um, <laughs> well, I think that takes us nicely to the end of the programme, as it usually does. Um, thank you very much for listening to us, as always. It's been nice to see you liking our posts on the Facebook page. That's always very much appreciated when we um, post up the news or post up a little comment here and there. Um, we very much do appreciate it, so please keep on doing that. And, and drop us your comments on the, the Facebook site. It's um, facebook.com forward slash the final lap podcast. Um, remember that the website where we host all of our uh, episodes at is modernfanatical.co.uk so all the uh, episodes go up there at the very first um, you can subscribe to us via iTunes which is probably the simplest way of making sure that you get your uh, dose of Formula 1 action um, every time we release an episode it's usually up there within 24 hours if I ever edit the XML feed properly uh, haven't done so for the last three episodes straight um Thank you for at good good podcasts for being so diligent and making <laughs> reminding me when it doesn't go right. It's a bit sad when your Twitter followers are telling you that you fucked up. But there you go. That's <laughs> um, always nice. And speaking of Twitter, as I say, you um, subscribe to at good podcasts. So we they uh, generally let you know when our episodes are up. But if you uh, want to subscribe to our, um, us, it's at Final Lab Podcast on Twitter. And again, we post all the. Uh, um, episodes up on there for you to to link to as well as again we we try and retreat what we can in the uh, sort of formula one twitter sphere um funny interesting things that you may not normally see if you don't sign up to quite as many bloody formula one accounts as we do um so that's uh yeah come along and follow us there if you really like listening to us uh, jabber on about stuff and like to hear us witter on about things that aren't necessarily formula one such as professional wrestling um, football um, how fucking hot it is events of the day current events of the day <laughs> the uh, Commonwealth Games opening ceremony didn't <laughs> watch it didn't watch it oh you need to call yourself a Scott uh, there was World Match Play Darts on that's my priority <laughs> <laughs> well there you go I heard it here first uh, tweet, uh, about the, tweet about the darts an awful lot there you go darts I'm your man follow follow at uh, Fog on the 4th for yep. all the latest in the darts world that's me. And uh, follow me to listen to me complain bitterly about how crap Total Nonstop Action Wrestling is. Mm -hmm. Oh, how amazing ICW is, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm going next week. Can't wait. Bastard. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so again, thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, it's only two days to the next one, so it's only another week or so before you get another dose of this. So we'll see you then. Thanks very much. Bye.